This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994, many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join all you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written, published article, Who Was at the Helm, from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump. Much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. And so we come back again to the borders. You know what that is. Language, you know what that is. Culture, you don't know. 
One of the things conservatives want stopped is the sewer pipe putting out the fecal matter that's called humor that is coming out of Hollywood, primarily from guys like Larry David and other friends of his from Brooklyn, New York, most of whom don't even understand how vile they actually are. And that's why we're talking about it. Now you could say self-deprecating humor is an a in the age-old tradition of uh, self-deprecation. But if you look further, it's not self that is being deprecated by Larry David. It is the Jewish people in general, the Christian people in particular. Again, the characters are all uh, described as somewhat uh, uh, almost all, all the same. Almost every Jew on that show that is portrayed whether it be the guy with the, the bug eyes who had a career 20 years ago and another has-been uh, that he put on there. I forget who that guy is with the big eyes who had a drinking problem and he's on every other night, you know, because they think he's funny. He has a lot of has-been actors and comedians whose careers are over. He probably hires for a song, like an in-crowd from, uh, from Brooklyn, New York. And we're all supposed to wish we're on the in-crowd with them all laughing in the restaurant. But, you know, it's hard to laugh when all four characters that are always on the show, Larry David, Richard Lewis, Jeff Garland, and Susie Essman with one of the most disgustingly vile mouths you've ever heard in your life, cursing like you can't believe, all of them shown as paranoid, selfish, uncaring, whining, complaining, unethical, shall I go on, dismissive, angry, judgmental, antagonistic, ungrateful, shall I go on? And you say this has no effect on the culture as a whole. I disagree with you. And I am saying that we need to stand up and say enough is enough. Now, if it was just limited to putting down the Jews, you could say, okay, let's look away. But last night was the last straw for me. He pees on an image of Jesus. Urine gets on, G on the eye of Jesus. The girl who owns the house thinks it's a miracle, and he doesn't tell him it's his urine. He doesn't tell the girl that he peed on the picture by accident. She thinks that it's an actual weeping Jesus pick portrait, and she's going to quit her job and go around the country and show people the miracle of the weeping Jesus. And he thinks it's funny mocking Christianity. You know, I have talked about things like this for, for over 10 years. I talked about it when the Brooklyn Museum, for example, hired a so-called artist who dipped the crucifix in urine. And another so-called artist, another degenerate drug addict, who put another crucifix in, uh, uh, in, in, fe in, uh, in elephant dung. This was all a joke, again, to the Brooklyn types of Larry uh, David's friends from Brooklyn. And I don't understand where the Christian people are in this country. I don't understand where the Catholic League is in this country. I have no idea why they tolerate this. And you say, well, why are you bothering with this? Why do you take the time out? I mean, you should be talking about health care. I don't want to talk about it anymore. We know it's socialized medicine. We know that the gang just wants the health care reform to make trillions of dollars uh, for, their, for, their, for their friends. I mean, we know that. It has nothing to do with helping people. It has to do with robbing taxpayers. So how many different ways do I have to say the same thing to you? I've said all of them. I want to say about politics for a while. So now I want to go to you for a minute before we come back to some of the sound bites uh, on this show. Stephen in Las Vegas, go ahead, please. You're on the Savage Nation. Yeah, Dr. Savage. Um I just want to take a second to let you know, I mean, I'm a conservative person. I don't watch CNN, and I can't stand anything. I, I watch Fox News, but it's all a bunch of lies for the most part. But listen to you all the time. Now, here's the context to the show. 
I've been watching it a lot. Sometimes it gets silly and a little intolerable. But if you look at all the four primary characters that you're condemning, they're losers, Mr. Savage. They're not winners. Larry David is forever on a quest for to, to, to be loved. He's an idiot. Nobody likes him. No one can stand him. And the last night's show, I just want to correct you really fast here. He um, he doesn't find out that she's a Catholic until after he fires her for her midriff. Her being fired has nothing to do with her being. Whoa, wait, 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 wait! But he pees on on the portrait of Jesus in her mother's house, doesn't he? Absolutely. Now that is 100% sacrilegious if you're a religious person. And they also take shots at Judaism. They don't take shots at any Islamic, you know, people. But that's because we're paranoid about Islamofascism. That's uh, right, because the Muslims, to their credit, wouldn't tolerate it. I'm not giving them a you know, give them 100% for not tolerating that kind of defamation of their religion. I'm 100% for it to not put up with this garbage. I thank the Muslims for showing people what it means to be a believer of your own religion. You don't have to kill somebody to say, I'm not going to tolerate this. Absolutely. But you do have to look at it. They are losers. These are not winners. These are washed up actors like Richard Lewis. That's the name you're looking for. Larry David, they're, they're losers, and you got to look at but, it. But you off. see, the character is not shown as a loser. The character lives in a big house in Hollywood. The character is shown as a retired millionaire. The character is shown as somebody on the inn. The character is shown as somebody who knows all these Hollywood actors and actresses who come up to his table. So, no, I don't think he's projecting himself as a loser. On the contrary, I would like to correct you. He shows himself as a winner and was supposed to believe that all Jews who are winners are exactly like this angry, judgmental, antagonistic, ungrateful, dismissive, paranoid character. So I disagree with you, Stephen. I think you have to understand that there are ramifications to characterizations. I want to say that again. How many years did we argue against the use of guns in movies? Do you remember the 80s? I remember it as sure as I'm standing here in a, in a sweatshirt right now. I remember it. I remember what happened in the early 80s. Every movie poster showed a starlet or a star with a handgun in their hand. Every movie that your child went to showed someone picking up a gun who probably never fired a gun in their life, killing somebody, random executions, torturing people, again by the same twisted minds that have produced this kind of show. So for years we said stop showing the gun violence in the movies. For years, we said stop smoking cigarettes in the movies. There's a campaign to stop showing uh, cigarette smoking in movies. Why? Because they darn well know that people are influenced by movies. They're very powerful. And concurrently, we're told, always show gay characters in a positive light. Always show minorities in a positive light. Always show immigrants in a positive light. And always mock Christians. And if you're going to mock Jews, make sure you're mocking the orthodox, truly believing Jew. But under no circumstance are you ever to mock the non-believing fallen Jew or Christian, because that is them. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Do you understand where I'm coming from, why I'm spending so much time on my show on this? Because I feel enough is enough. Somebody has to say something at some point to somebody. It may be true that I'm not heard by the Hollywood big shots. It may be true that they have successfully not permitted my voice to be heard in Los Angeles. And I know what's going on uh, with them, and I know how they operate. But I still have a very large audience of people, ranging from New York, uh, Maine, New York, California, you name it. Ten million people. Somebody is listening to this show in the entertainment business. Somebody is hearing what I am saying. Somebody in the entertainment business who is very important, both 
uh, somebody loves me for saying this, and some very dangerous, powerful people in entertainment hate me for this, and they're going to try to make certain that I am punished for this by misquoting what I am saying, taking what I am saying out of context, and trying to do to me what the illegitimate, drug-popping, a pill-popping government of England did to me in England. But let me tell you something. He who laughs last laughs best. They didn't ruin me in England. They got ruined. Jackie Smith got fired after she tried to do this to me. And if you think I've rolled over, you're mistaken. I never quit. I always come out for the bell. I'm always ready for a fight that is righteous. I am going to fight this to the end of my days, and I'm going to win. My book, Banned in Britain, just came out. Many of you probably received it by today. That's just the beginning. Don't think because I stopped talking about Banned in Britain that I've given up or that it's over. Oh, no, my friends. The fight has just begun. And in the same way, I'll fight for what I think is right. And I am telling you, Larry David is not only, in my opinion, the epitome of the mentally illiberal. You know, I wrote the book, Liberalism is a Mental Disorder. If these people don't look like mentally ill people cavorting uh, as rich, successful Hollywood types who literally urinate on everything, including everyone's religion, I'd like to know what is an example of an insane person. Who would do a thing like this for a buck? Who would urinate on a picture of Jesus and mock a Christian woman as if to say all Christian women are fat and ugly and can easily be mocked because they're stupid enough to believe in Jesus. Who would do this? I'm asking you. Who in the world would would publish a thing like this? Who in the world would produce a thing like this? Who in the world would promote a thing like this? Who in the world would broadcast a thing like this? The answer is people from Sheepshead Bay, New York, who run Hollywood. That's my opinion. Do you get it? Now, if it was limited to Larry Davis and Jews... You wouldn't be interested. The Sopranos were the same problem for for the ordinary Italian. There was a comedian years ago you probably never heard of. He was before my time uh, in the 40s. My father used to tell me about him. It was a black man named Stepan Fetchett. He played a self-deprecating, uh, servile black man in the most stereotypical manner. The whites loved it. They loved seeing a weak black man stooped over saying yes, sir, to everything that the white man said and did. He made a fortune, step and fetch it. I have said that Larry David is the, is the uh, Jewish step and fetch it. I've said that to you. But you see, I wasn't around when, uh, when step and fetch it was around. I'm around right now while Larry David is around, and I'm saying enough is enough. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Have you become a victim of the timeshare trap? You think there's no way out? Well, Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has helped over 35,000 families out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares, and they may be able to help you too. Listen, if your timeshare agreement goes on forever, if you were told timeshares are a great investment or your maintenance fees will never go up, you, know, you need to get the facts about timeshare cancellation. For over 10 years, Wesley Financial Group has been dedicated to helping folks get out of a lifetime of debt by canceling their timeshares. So they created a free timeshare exit information kit that reveals how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation. To get your free timeshare exit information kit, simply go to iCancelTimeshare.com. That's iCancelTimeshare.com. I'll say it one more time. I cancel timeshare.com. Thank you very much. I cancel timeshare.com. 
I'll give you a choice. Of course, you can't vote. Should I read about Alec Baldwin? I can't wait to see what I wrote about him. Or Nancy Pelosi. She's too easy. Let me do Baldwin. Okay, Alec Baldwin. And I gave each of the people entered in the political zoo a Latin binomial. Genus and species. No talentus anti-Americanus. The Santa Monica stuffed turkey is a corpulent bird with an increasingly thick wattle. This unlovely fowl promises to fly the coop after every election until remembering that it can't fly at all. The bird has been spotted in the wild, but only in old movies. In reality, this indulged gobbler could not endure for a long weekend among its free-ranging kin. Although a member of the chicken family, it occasionally threatens to kill and dismember certain elected officials and their families. It is also known to attack the annoying Italian pest known as paparazzi, all the while feigning pacifism. The Santa Monica stuffed turkey is the largest, roundest, and most malodorous of its family and genus, and an easy target for hunters eager to thin the turkey population. So I'll read more about Alec Baldwin from the political zoo for fun, because he should be arrested for negligent homicide in my estimation. He was the producer of that movie, and he, he's the one who shot the gun. You know, Annie Oakley, I didn't know the gun was loaded. It's your job to know whether the gun was loaded. And by the way, when that happened, I said, did somebody sabotage the movie? I was roundly attacked all over the Internet for that. But it's starting to look like somebody sabotaged that movie. Anyway, here's the opening. Alec Baldwin is one of the most versatile actors in Hollywood. His acting just doesn't translate very well to the screen. Indeed, in movies, he shows all the versatility of a toaster. Once outside of his plush Santa Monica habitat, however, he really starts acting, acting up, that is, or acting out, and in the process, exercising the demons that haunt him. We all remember when on national TV, in a manic tirade that prefigured Howard Dean, he threatened to stone Congressman Henry Hyde and his family to death. Hyde's sin was to help impeach a lying, obstructing president. Baldwin's response was to threaten to lead a Malibu mob with pitchforks and torches, to defend the honor of Bill Clinton. Oh, those were the days. Of late, Baldwin has been only slightly more successful in resuscitating his career than Gary Coleman has with his. The stuffed turkey plays the occasional cameo in movies requiring a fat guy and appears every now and then on Will and Grace, TV's weekly gay pride parade. Mostly, however, he shows up in Left Coast courtrooms to do battle with his lovely ex-wife, Kim Bassinger, who had the good sense to shake and bake. Recent photos indicate that this turkey is inclined to pre-stuff itself with every kind of fattener, from tube steak to starch out of the box. In other words, hide the Cheetos, Martha, here comes Bigfoot. Yet notice that he still tries to cram his 18-inch neck into a 15-inch shirt. The rest of the waddle spills over his collar in the style of his mentor, the gelatinous Senator Edward Kennedy. Yet, in a classic bit of Malibu logic, the one thing that's not so smart Alec won't eat is goose pate. Why? Because our rock-throwing stoner claims the geese who provide this snobbish delicacy are mistreated. The stuffed turkey felt so strongly about this injustice that he publicly cried, foul, and now spends his otherwise idle days fighting for goose rights. No, I'm not kidding. He even reached out to the dying Pope John Paul II. Your words would do a world of good for God's animals, he pontificated to the astonished pontiff. Maybe Baldwin confuses real life with a plot from one of his cheesy made-for-cable movies. I can see the scene now. Pope Santa Monica won. More jowls and hair, perhaps, than people expect in a pope. But Jolly, nonetheless, meets with his trusted cardinal confidant, skillfully played by Alan Alda. Your Holiness, where would you like to start today, says the cardinal. 
AIDS in Botswana, famine in Bangladesh, pedophilia in Boston. No, says the pontiff with great solemnity, rubbing his ample stubble. First things first, I need to deal with this horrific goose pate situation. Next thing you know, Baldwin will be urging his equally daft crony, Richard Gere, to have the Dalai Lama intercede. But it gets worse. The same Malibu logic that rebels against goose whacking is A-OK with partial birth abortion. Indeed, this turkey has no problem with crushing the skull of a near full-term fetus and sucking out the brain, provided, of course, it is not the skull of a goose. He'll tell you as much himself and expect you to understand, his fans do. Of course, this kind of wisdom is not unique to the stuffed turkey. It infects his whole side of the aisle. His foul-minded philosophy has elevated Baldwin to a position of authority within the Democratic Party. In fact, at the 04 Democratic National Convention, the powers that be put Baldwin on a panel to discuss the Supreme Court. What? Was senior judicial analyst Brad Pitt not available? But before you start scratching your head and asking what kind of expertise a Baldwin brother could possibly have about our highest judiciary, let me remind you of his credentials. After all, he played the assistant DA in Gosa, Mississippi. His film company produced the cable movie on the Nuremberg Trials. By Democrat standards, that would move him up to scholar status. Heck, maybe he should have replaced Rehnquist. Still, what most people remember of Alec, the political blowhard, is his claim that he would leave the country should George W. win the 2000 election. Bon voyage, moron. Now Baldwin denies he ever made the claim. Sorry, Alec. Such stale acting may have cut it in Pearl Harbor, but not while Savage holds the keys to the cages. Alec, bald-faced lie, had his original statement caught on tape and verified by people with an earshot. People like his own wife. Oh, if only he had flown south for the winter. We could have finally been rid of one of the shrillest birds in the Hollywood cage. And Alec might have made some Guatemalan theater troupe very happy. That's Michael Savage's entry on Alec Baldwin from his satirical book, The Political Zoo, written in 2006. For your listening entertainment, I'm Michael Savage. Share this with 10 others. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.